We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, guys? Jake Burns, OBR Film Breakdown, checking in with you on Monday. We are in the midst of a tricky situation. I got to warn you ahead of time here. The audio quality is going to suck on this podcast. Just warning you again. Uh, it is Monday. I believe it's March 20th. We are out of town as a family and uh, staying uh, in a different state, one state over. And uh, listen, we I, I like to get podcasts out. I left on Friday, and I didn't want to record something for Monday if you missed uh, Sunday's things I think I know about the Cleveland Browns that was posted with a, a Friday recording. So listen, we're way we're way behind. But I thought the Browns might do something over the weekend, so I wanted to go into this uh, situation where I could have a fresh pod Monday quickly. I'm in the car recording. The audio quality is going to suck. Can't be in the room. Kids are asleep. It'd be like that. Can't afford some penthouse suite, right? Where like, you know I could get a separate room or something. But I wanted to record something for you. Uh, for your Monday commuter whenever you get around to your Monday podcast. And it seems like the biggest thing of the weekend, and we know the Browns didn't do much. They brought back Jordan Kunizek, the special teams linebacker, who did see some linebacker snaps last year as that group was in flux, right? We know the injury issues across the board, JOK, Anthony Walker. He did find the field. And listen, I think the way the linebacker group ended up playing as the year wore on is maybe influencing some of the – the belief from this front office organization that they don't have to chase a line, they can get you know, Tony Fields. They can maybe think that uh, you know uh, Jim Schwartz is watching some Jacob Phillips tape and thinking he can get Jacob Phillips moving in the right direction with JOK, and maybe they can draft a guy at some point. Maybe not near the top the way some of us are hoping uh, when we consider Jack Campbell, but uh, you know, it's uh, in some form or fashion thinking they can they can match this this whole thing together at linebacker. Again, thinking out loud. Uh, the biggest news and really what I want to talk about for, for a Monday quick-hitting show is the Brandon Cook's decision to be traded. It's not his decision. Uh, you know, it was Houston and, and Dallas making a trade here, uh, sending over Cooks. And I believe Houston covered some of his cap number for this year. I could be wrong on that. I've been moving quickly with trying to keep uh, my eye on the news. But I think they're covering some of his cap hit, but it's a fifth and a sixth, and it's you know, it's a trade that's pretty damn similar to what the Browns did 
Browns actually got a better deal for Amari Cooper the year before, and you talk to most Dallas people, they're still pretty upset about the fleecing that happened with Cooper. It's kind of funny. They go, we got to get rid of Cooper because we have this Ezekiel Elliott situation. The next offseason, they end up trading for a guy older than Cooper with a high, you know, a similar cap hit, but you know, you're releasing Ezekiel Elliott. Just kind of a mess there, but but to the to the point of the whole situation. Most people are freaking out about this, you know, because you think the Browns have to do something in some way, shape, or form to fix their linebacker, or sorry, their wide receiver room. And to me, I think the thing you have to do is step back and try to analyze this without passion, because that's certainly what the front office is trying to do. Now, if you go step by step here, there are still options out there. You don't want to write off the options until you see them officially uh, you know, out the window, right? If you want them to fix this thing with a free agent, there's still Nicole Hardman out there for what seems like might be a cheap number. There's still DJ Shark whose market is strange. I cannot see DJ Shark getting something like three years 33 we saw from from uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and Jacoby Myers. I, I mean, I guess he could get something like that from a team still sort of poking around trying to figure out what they want to do. But it seems like he's on the path of a one-year deal. It probably seems like Nicole Hardman is on another path of a one-year deal. Those guys are still options. So while you're freaking out about Brandon Cooks, and again, I think that the compensation that Dallas gave up isn't crippling. I wouldn't do it. He's a 30-year-old receiver on the downslope of his career, a very specific thing he does well that typically vanishes the quickest out of nowhere, big concussion history, big contract number, it just is a lot. And, and again, you have to talk about the teams that are able to gather a bunch of these wide receivers and pay them for a while. You're talking about, you know, looking at Philly, for example. They don't have a quarterback contract. You want to look at some other places that, that, that maybe they are pairing those guys up, right? Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. They don't have any money invested in the offensive line, and it's an absolute wreck over there. The same with Cincinnati. They did a bit more with drafting their guys. That time is going to come for them. The Browns are in a very precocious situation, right? Um, it's very delicate. I hope I, I sometimes screw that word up, but it's very delicate. They, they, you want to, I've seen this opinion out there, and I'm not trying to conflate what the, the Twitter, let me be gentle with this. Some of the people on Twitter who are very emotional. Uh, don't think things through, will say that the Browns aren't being aggressive enough, right? Uh, we're, we're just over a week into this thing. They're not being aggressive enough this offseason to fix their issues. They haven't been aggressive with Andrew Barry. I just don't know if you can say – you can't. They made one of the riskiest aggressive moves of all time last offseason to go get Deshaun Watson, right? And most people who are still sticking around and supporting this organization loved the decision – to go get Deshaun Watson. Again, most, not everybody, most. Because of the aggressiveness, you get your quarterback, blah, blah, blah. Like, I think that you don't understand, even though they restructure these contracts and when they're able to move some money down the line for Watson, it does not mean that they don't have to pay big quarterback money. They're going to continue to pay it and eventually pay more. And what you're doing like that bill is going to come due later. It is. Like they can keep kicking the can. It's going to come due. And what you're doing by bringing in large cap number players, which the two examples we go to this offseason more than any other is De- it's DeAndre Hopkins and and it was Brandon Cooks. 
They're cutting into your ability to have flexibility down the line. The reason most of us are very much in on either drafting a wide receiver at 42 in this draft class is a nice mesh of players that can be there at 42 and even 98 or somewhere in between if you end up, you know, if you end up sliding back a little bit because they they don't have there's a couple reasons I view it this way. Their room is not a disaster. They have you know, Amari Cooper's a really good a low end but but a good leader of your wide receiver room who can do a bunch of flexible things. He can play Z, he can play in the slot, he can do different moving in motion things. He's super valuable. He can play X. That's what you want at that top guy. Not specifically honed in on one position. He can move and do different things. You have Donovan Peoples-Jones, really more of an X than anything else, vertical route tree, but a very specific route, a fantastic set of hands. He can catch it. David Bell should get more opportunities, very opportunity um, averse last year because of the the structure of the offense, which we all believe is going to change. Most of us believe is going to change. There's going to be more opportunity for David Bell. I don't know who he is as a player yet. I'm going to go back at some point this offseason and watch more of it. There was some strong separation data out there. I need to see what it all looked like. He was very much about as baseline as it could feel from what he did, but they didn't target that player a ton. They also have David Njoku, a top five tight end, that's going to continue to get more comfortable with this quarterback. And I think Jordan Akins will get plenty of chances as the second tight end in the passing game, which I think he's able to handle. So if they're going to be a ton of 11, dip their toes in 12 personnel, getting one more wide receiver is a priority. Yes, they would always, everybody would always want to upgrade at wide receiver and be better, better, better at that position. But you do not have to go out and force it and make a desperation move for a player that's going to have crippling downline effects on your roster is old, and you have to give up picks to do it. It would be great if there was a better free agent class here, but there isn't, right? They have not overextended themselves for a player that's not good enough. Now, I do think we're pushing to the point, as we saw Chauncey Gardner-Johnson sign a one-year $8 million deal with Detroit in the secondary, that we're getting to the point in free agency where deals... Uh, I, I made the equation of if you do fantasy auction drafts, you, everybody starts to get numb to the bidding at about halfway through the whole thing, and you'll have some people either stepping away, getting a drink or food, or just drifting off, watching TV while they're doing it, and some player will go for six bucks. Traditionally, ironically, that's been like Brandon Cooks, who's like, oh, God, the value on that player is great, but I think that now you might see the Browns pursue somebody like the two I've mentioned who could be had at a fair deal. Odo Beckham Jr., it's still all over the place. I refuse to believe that's actually going to come to fruition until I see it. He wants a lot of money, more than he's worth, more than his body has has shown to be worth investing in recently. Neither here nor there. That's the only other third option that I think will matter. So the point here is, if you want, in general, if you want the Browns who are in knee-deep in big quarterback contract money, knee-deep in that, if you want them... To, to take chunks of the future away by doing some sort of void-year-driven deal, this player you bring in better be unbelievable and better hit the ground and have a 1,400-yard season. And you might think that's DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe you do. He's owed about $34, $35 million over the next two years. He's 31. You think he's got those types of years left in him? He's not a great separator anymore. Okay, let me take that back. He's still fine at separating, but he's not a burner. He cannot run away from people. So if you're of the belief he is going to run away from people and be a lid lifter or change the scope of what defenses are doing every single down, some downs, but every single down, 
you're wrong. That's just not how it's going to go anymore. And maybe he does somehow have a 31, 32, 33-year-old season where he just goes crazy. And if it were to be anywhere, it would probably be with Deshaun Watson. But again, older player, end of his career, a ton of money, might want a rework deal, and you're going to have to give up something to go get him. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. And you might say, well, fourth, fifth, sixth picks don't, sixth round picks don't matter. Those are the picks that you use to improve pick 42, to improve your situation in 24. Those picks matter when you're using them as ammo to go get something else that matters. So you can't just throw them aside and say those players never hit, they don't matter. They do. They can matter. But it's a matter of how you use them. So just thinking that a 31-year-old Hopkins or a 30-year-old Cooks solves this entire situation where you want them to be better at receiver, I'm not there with you, man. I, don't, I, can, I can understand if they did it and why, but I'm not going to pressure them or make them feel like they're not doing enough because they didn't trade for those guys, right? That's just where I'm at. Now, if you want to go get somebody like a, J- a Jerry Judy uh, with, with a bit more um, – aggressiveness with your 42nd pick or maybe pick 98 for Elijah Moore, something along those lines, I can understand that more because they're younger players on rookie deals. You'd have two cost-controlled years of Jerry Judy. But again, teams are not just giving those players away on rookie cheap deals. You have to give up something serious. And I had this discussion the other day, earlier, sorry, late last week with Jared Mueller, where it's like, you can't just expect to get Jerry Judy for nothing. They're not giving that player away. They can find useful ways in that system to use him. So you better have a tough discussion about pick 42 and a player or something along those lines or a meaningful, meaningful player who you would swap that guy for. Maybe then you'd add in a pick 111 on top of it. And I said the other day, like a JOK from a position of less value to go get that young receiver because one of the more valuable things you can have is any game-changing player at any position on a rookie contract. The NFL is structured that way. It's like a cheat code for the salary cap, and if, especially a guy with a fifth-year option like Jerry Judy, 
Like that matters. And I think that we're just so easy to brush aside what we should give up to get that guy or the picks that, you know, you think you can throw at a 31, 30-year-old guy and it's just going to work out. And I think that's just, it's, it's a fallacy, man. It's a fallacy and I don't, I don't think that that's the way the front office is viewing it. And I, sh- I certainly don't believe they should be viewing it that way. They have done a great job in finding players that fill needs. You might not love the name value if you're someone who only stu- studies surface level stuff. But I'm telling you the players they've signed have been really good value, but also really good at fixing some of the problems that they have. We'll see if that works out, but all you can do is judge things at the time that they make the signing and see the downline projection. And as I sit here right now, this can change. We've seen it happen with John Johnson. It can change later, but when you sit here and look at it, you project the simplistic things they do well, how they should fit with your team. The decisions have made a ton of sense. They've been the right kind of calculated aggressive, and it's it's been perfect to me. So listen, You cannot, there is not an abundance of free agent dollars sitting out there. You cannot expect them to be going as crazy as you want when not without understanding the big chunky contracts for the big important players that are in place. The Bills don't have Miles Garrett, right? That contract's big. They don't have him. Not many teams have a guy like that, right? that can do those sorts of things. They have a big corner contract. They have a big edge contract. They have money in the O-line invested. They have quarterback money invested as much as we've ever seen from the guaranteed perspective. It's a lot, and they're balancing and juggling a lot, and they have still, in a free agency where we could have seen them do next to nothing, they kept the flexibility alive last year. They rolled over a ton of cap. They cut some things that needed to be cut down. There are still ways to go get more money, and they have filled some of their specific needs with very good, valuable, not cheap, good, valuable players in smart spending ways so far. I'm willing to give them plenty of time to figure out wide receiver. I am of the belief that there's somebody to take at 42 and perhaps even somebody to take around 126 and 142 that can still, you can get two guys in this class. You can take a swing at a guy, a Tyler Scott, a Marvin Mims uh, at 42, Josh Downs, Zay Flowers, whoever's there, there's a lot of fun players. And then you could take a lotto pick late player like a Bryce Ford Wheaton, right? You could take... A, a lotto pick like a Trey Palmer, 111-433-40. You can do those things to try to take multiple swings. You have eight picks in this draft. Go crazy trying to solve receiver with some very specific things. Like I just think that we get in these state-of-mind situations without like understanding there's so much more at play. And for them to be even in the market at free agency based on the contracts for their very good players that they've given out, that's that's a bit amazing to me that they're they're doing the things they they're doing and doing them pretty damn well. So I'll give them credit for that. Now we'll see if the Conklin deal blows up in their face. We'll see if there's some other things that could shake out here that may not work. But the process to me, and I'm not wearing orange and brown sunglasses. If you're picking it apart, you're not calling them aggressive. You're 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 kind of honing in on the negative. That's your choice, man. That's your choice. But that's not rooted in like an argumentative sake of uh, of understanding thought process situations where they're at right here, right now. There's still things to be done. There's another defensive lineman that needs to be added. There's probably a, a, a like I've, I've hoped, there's a linebacker of some other kind out of outside of Kunizic to be added. Plenty of things to be done. And, and wide receivers in there, but I'm not forcing it. I'm not panicking. Like some people are panicking and they got to do it. They got to do it. They'll address it some way, shape, or form. It is not 
a, a defensive tackle situation where in free agency they had to make something happen. That's not the same thing to me here. They're in the spot where they have some guys there that they like, three of them. They got a guy in Mike Woods who they like. They got Jakeem Grant coming back. They have talent at that position, not great talent, maybe borderline whether you could call it good. I think anytime you have two wide receivers that did what they did last year, it's a pretty good group. It's pretty good. You want it to be great to go to the places we all want them to go, but you have to look at the other teams in the, in the league and focus on the quarterback money and how they pair that quarterback money up with certain positions. And I just think if you're going crazy about not trading for guys in their 30s who are going to cost a lot of money financially and are going to cost giving up picks that can matter to creating better picks at later times, you know, it's <laughs> imagine Jackson Smith and Jigba's there at 29 30 and you want to move up for him. But you're like, man, we gave away those fourth and fifth round picks the year before. Those are the ammo things that help you do the creative and fun things. So, again, I'm trying to provide some perspective here. I definitely believe the Browns are looking, honing in on wide receivers. They're not ultra aggressive about making a right now decision, right? They're not ultra aggressive about that. They're, they're showing you that. They're, they're chasing, pursuing, and talking, but they're not going crazy doing dramatic things at this spot. They're at the position in this group that they can let something like Amari Cooper was last year sort of land in their lap and work itself out. The draft is obviously the top of the most likely scenarios at this point. We'll keep you apprised if we hear anything else. Thanks for checking in on this Monday. Thanks for being here. Appreciate you guys. Have a great Monday. I'll check back in hopefully Tuesday. We're driving back, but I'll try to check back in and leave something up Tuesday morning, especially if some news pops off. Thanks for being here, guys. Sorry for the audio quality. It sucks, but something's better than nothing. Have a great Monday. Go Browns. See ya. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.